happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Reinhard von Krieger. What's up? Not much. Just uh, comfy. Got my water, which is my food for the next few hours, and uh, yeah, ready to get into some of this. Water, which is my food. That sounds like yeah, that sounds like a, a, a white girl's like slogan on her living room wall. <laughs> anyway. Also joining us this evening, down in the dungeon, taking notes, Grognak. What's up? What's up, guys? You for a ghoulish episode? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, well, we got your computer finally straightened out. That will be fixed by next, hopefully next week. My computer is straightened out. Um, I'd like to thank all the listeners who donate to the show um, for... Being able to take care of stuff like that for us. Uh, we had a major malfunction during the last Nationalist Inquirer. Uh, my commuter committed suicide by way of microphone stand and a mug of hot coffee. So uh, I had to pick up a new a new computer. And Grognak, um, we also got Grognak a new workstation. So he can stay down in the dungeon and stay up to date on the latest articles for the Nationalist Inquirer. So thank you, everybody, who donates to the show. We really appreciate it. We use it for things that are very important, like the stuff we use to actually make the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's not like, you know, and, and it's not like we're, we're, we're building like $70,000 music studios and stuff over here either. I'm talking about like a laptop and, um, you know, a, a mic stand. That kind of stuff. You know, a, yeah. a microphone. A microphone or two. You know. I am building a Thunderdome. He is building a Thunderdome, but that's not with... Um, that's my own money, with, though. Yeah, that's not donations, though. That's a, that's a whole other other thing. And it's donations, but of another kind. It's not from the show. <laughs> but anyway. Well, it's 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 what he gets. Uh, it's his side gig, you know, cleaning up dungeons and, and taking care of you know, certain situations that other people maybe not be equipped to deal with. So it's a very lucrative position. Yeah, think of him as kind of like the cleaner in uh pulp fiction kind of just a lot cooler really yeah, sometimes there's orphans but i don't have any trains so they just go right to the thunderdome <laughs> do you wait do you have like cages of black-eyed kids ready to like no. unleash in the thunderdome that's probably where they all come no. from at this point no. let's not let's not talk Blood about that that's not... red-eyed children all right yeah that's red. that's it's not hey guys 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 it's it's halloween month it's spooktober we're not giving away all the details of all the stuff that's going on down there all right, leave it alone. If you have some black-eyed children, maybe we can get them together. Some black-eyed kids and some red laser-eyed children. Yeah, yeah, see which ones win. Right. I would bet on that fight. <laughs> so, yes, it is October. We have already released our first episode in the Spooptober series. Uh, last week, we released Gnome Gnosis with our buddy Hudson. Um, that was a fun episode. Also, very cool artwork done by one of our own very very favorite people as well mr based nerd thank you sir for that uh everything looks great uh the episode was awesome no hypnosis was great that was a lot of fun uh we'll be doing more uh, along that line eventually when we get back around to it but there's so much more with the fey and the gnomes and the tuatha de danan and others in that in that whole category of non-cryptids <laughs> yeah yeah let's say uh alternate races yeah yeah alternate races. races yes what'd you say 
I said alternate or, or hybrid races. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, we'll be getting into some of that actually a little bit tonight. But yeah, so the month of Spooptober, October continues, and um, we've got we've got some good stuff for you tonight. Next week, we've got another good one, and yeah, another fun Halloween-y type episode. And then we have the live stream on Friday the 28th. We have one guest confirmed, possibly two. Uh, I don't know if we're going to need any more with the guests that we have. <laughs> I know that's gonna. That's I mean, at least one of them can take a while, and it will be a returning friend. Yeah. Well, most of our guests. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't like to have our first time. We don't like to have first time guests on the Halloween show. Halloween show is a fun, laid back live stream where we just. It's Halloween, man. Just lay back and chill and spook post and talk about weird shit. Yeah, and get you know strange, very strange callers. Yeah, <laughs> strange fairies, strange callers. Was that like a? A dig at somebody? Was it? Not a dig, but oh, okay. man, we've gotten some fun ones. Oh yeah, we've had the greatest call of all time. We've had uh, some weird calls. It'll be it'll be fun. Maybe we'll do some call and stuff. Who knows? Yeah, we'll try and figure it out. Or maybe we'll do the fake call in show where we do like a Skype call and just bring people in and pretend that they're on the phone, kind of like they did with the moon landing. Oof. They had eight. Skype back then? No, but there's was the eight. Oh, that was one of the things. Okay, so before I left the last job I was at, remember I told you about the one guy that I was talking to about stuff, and I thought he was cool. And right. Then, and then I brought up the movie. Because he was talking about Joe Rogan and how this was fake, and, da, 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 and that was fake. And I'm like, oh, he knows about fake stuff. Huh. Let me see. So I was like, oh, said something about the moon landing. He's like, oh, fucking Eddie Bravo is one of those weird fucking stupid flat earthers. He should fucking shoot him in his fucking head. Like, whoa. Well, any, that escalated any, quickly. Yeah, any of those fat, yeah, right. Any of those flat earth faggots just need to be fucking just shot. They're just fucking stupid. But you don't think, you think they were, you think they're this round, right? Round. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's round like a circle. Cir- circle the earth, yeah. Cir- circular. I didn't say that. I just, I just nodded and like, you know, and like was continuing what I was doing. But I had to pull the whole, I think I told you this, and I, I had to pull the whole, well, we didn't actually go to the moon with Apollo. It was the secret space program that the Nazis brought along. Yes. Yeah, I had to, I had to do that. So I, oh, so I wasn't outed as it. You had to knock yourself down like two, three, four, five years, ten yeah, years of I, knowledge. I had to knock myself back into like seventh grade when it comes to like you know conspira- moon conspiracy stuff. But I was like, oh no, I don't want to get outed. Like I didn't, I did not want to get outed as like that that guy right then at this job. You know what I mean? It was like that was nah, not doing it. I'm not doing that anymore. Like that's just not happening. Like we can talk about all kinds of stuff. We can have fun talking about all kinds of stuff. But stick to stick to Michelle Obama's a man. You'd be surprised at how Michelle Obama's a man goes over with some of these construction workers. Like that is, that is high comedy with a lot of these guys. Oh yeah. Either, either way, however they respond, it's, it's going to be funny. Mm-hmm. And if it's a group of guys, like you get them all looking at it real quick, you, you, you might have a good Thunderdome situation on your hand. <laughs> nah. Um, most time, well, we had one uh, yesterday. It was funny. One of the guys was trying to explain a meme. And I was like, dude, just show me the phone. Just give me the phone. Like, let me look at the pictures. You can't explain a meme. And it was, it was a, it was a, um, it was a Biden meme. So these guys are, these guys are pro-Trump, you know, anti-Brandon. So it's a red team, blue team. But at least it's, uh, 
the less I don't know, is it lesser of the retard? I mean, <laughs> it puts them it still puts them on a a higher level than others. No, I'd they're say. still retarded, but like it at least is easier. I feel it's less of a minefield to be standing in. Yeah, you know I agree. I mean? Well, it's it's like Q tier patriotard, same same kind of thing. Yeah, you know, at least uh, you're on a certain level where you know you've got a baseline. Mm-hmm. Still retarded, but there's still a baseline of stuff that is acceptable. Right, to bring up right with with libtards. You got to be careful. You just step. You accidentally say the wrong trigger word. Next thing you know, the HR shows up. It could be anything because especially if they're like a boomer liberal too. They oh man, they're the worst because they look like like especially in the construction industry, they look like grizzled old men, and you're like, oh, he's a tough old guy. He's a you know he's bound to be. He's a construction worker. He's probably like, you know, he's one of these like soft libtards. He's like, you know, if I was, if I was homeless, I'd go to San Francisco too. It's warm over there. And I'm like, oh Jesus. You can, you might be able to say faggot around them, but you know, step, step in the wrong puddle or Mm -hmm. you may not be able to. Right. Exactly. Like I said, you just got to be careful. So I think the, I think the Republican normie uh the right wing normie is is less dangerous to be around than the left wing normie yeah all retarded but you have a little bit of head start in that game of minefield right minesweeper yeah you can at least at least you know there's where a few squares stop. open yeah i mean they're obvious there's obvious don't step on that square don't step on that square right <laughs> yeah i can make fun make fun of michael obama all you want to bring up the you know uh, uh registering as a man in 1980s Mm-hmm. But just don't bring up Melania. Yeah, don't bring up Melania and don't say anything about like uh Israel or Yeah, that too. Ugh. Or Reagan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this one guy was like he was one of those anytime you'd say something, he's well, well, Texas this, Texas that. Texas is the most Christian population and you know, and uh they have the highest rate of teen births. Like, yeah, it's because of Mexicans and blacks, but yeah, right. Like, speaking of which, real, real quick, I know this isn't spoopy, but uh, apparently well, we do have a new. Apparently, it's not thirteen does fifty two anymore. No, it's uh, twelve does sixty. Yeah, twelve does sixty, as confirmed by twenty twenty one FBI crime statistics. So they're twelve percent of the population now, so they're less of the population. So I guess Chicago is working. Um, I don't know, but there's less of them in the population now, and and they're doing a higher percentage of the crime. Well, I think it's I think it's because so many uh, immigrants from other places have been bussed in mm. that they, they they're, the pr- overall percentage has probably stayed the same, or the the ah. population has probably stayed about the same, or it's grown in 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 the same uh, percentage as everybody else's. But we've added more right. of a diversity, which right. makes it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Which still makes it uh, the fact that more have been bussed in, therefore have bumped down the actual population ratio of the black community, and they still managed to bump up hey. the crime. Inflation is up, crime is up, gas prices went up forty cents overnight. Overnight, dude. I was like, I should get gas tonight, and I can't get it in the morning. It was three thirty. It was three thirty nine last night. Yeah. It I went from three hundred eight to three thirty nine here. No, it was three thirty nine this morning. It was three ninety nine. It went up sixty. Cents. Oh, geez, seventy cents. Oh my god! <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, seventy cents. 
Ridiculous. Well, I guess that is spooky because it's freaking horrifying. Yeah, it is horrifying. I was, it was frightening. It cost me eight dollars more than it should have cost, or whatever. Oh. Fill up. I mean, when you know, when you're when you're pinching pennies. Oh, I know. I agree. If anybody knows about pinching pennies right now, it's me. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, us here. You know, these <laughs> these uh, working fathers that have have jobs and podcasts that have to raise families with what they can. You know. Anyway. Um. Good Lord. It's not Aside from the crime statistics of spooks, we have other spooky things. Yes, yes. Uh, in other news, water is wet. No. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> blood is red. <laughs> blood, is, blood is red and gnomes are... Uh, gnomes live in your walls. Is that what that sound is? Dude, oh, I swear, man. after we recorded that last episode, I my kid says that it's a giant that lives in our attic or, or in our walls, but I'm pretty sure it's gnomes hmm i hear them ancient origins is trying to get me to disable my ad blocker nice try ancient origins.com yeah Yeah. don't don't listen to that just hit no i'm not going to yeah no i'm not going. i need you know what i need to screenshot that with the mouse over the do not disable and just throw it with the, the giga chad picture right right no i don't think i will i don't think i will oh man well, so what are we pulling tonight? Well, uh, last last Halloween, we did an episode that was very triggering to some. It was not a fun episode to read up read up about it um, because it's it's a very sensitive subject. That was satanic ritual abuse, uh, and well, we got another one. It's kind of a doozy. This one is cannibal cannibalism ritual cannibalism and blood drinking vampires and people eating people all right mm. just diving right in well we well, i mean well, how else would you do it no it's true i mean there's no there's no witty way to seg you no well, i mean you know i mean you can nibble on this you know have a sip of that Oof. that was terrible i know right oh <laughs> So yeah, we we did an episode last October on uh, satanic ritual abuse. Um, yeah, like Johnny said, it was it was painful to read up on, and it's been painful for me to follow the subject over the years. But this time, we're not just going to talk about the current. We will talk about some of the current stuff, but we wanted to kick things back a little bit to some of the origins because yeah, some of this really really disturbing yet somehow um prevalent and popular uh, yeah thing well, that is ritual cannibalism yeah it's an ancient practice that goes back all the way to the beginning of recorded history and probably back further than recorded history definitely back further um but it's become popular over the last couple hundred years since the introduction of the vampire to modern or popular audiences. Right. And depending, depending on, on who you read, uh, that, that can be several different times that the vampire was injected into popular culture. Yeah. Uh, so many cultures across, I mean, across Europe and Africa and East Asia, Every continent, they've got some kind of, whether it's a female, like a seductress that eats 
men or children or a blood siphoning cryptid or a spirit of some kind. Um, you know, there are some Irish mythology, once again, is very prevalent with this. Always, uh, for got, some reason, the Irish are right in there in the mix. Oh, yeah. With the more traditional vampires of just uh, purely like draining blood from people, uh, you can look towards Central and Eastern Europe. Uh, yep. where yep. Especially, even, yes, Southeastern Europe. Yeah. Um, where actually a few years ago, there was a man who died in a small town in... Uh, oh, no. I, do it. I, Romania? <laughs> Romania. And, uh, <laughs> oh no, oh no, we did the thing. You're obsessed. No, I'm not. No, you saw, uh, you saw, you saw the post, right? Yeah, I did. Obsessed. I did. Ew. Obsessed. That voice. Right. Um, <laughs> but a man died in a very small town in Romania, and, uh, not long after he was buried, he was put in the ground. The entire small town started having the same dream of this man appearing to them. Hmm. Uh, and there were uh, sickness issues. People were losing blood. People were finding wounds on their bodies uh, when they woke up in the morning. And everybody in the town confirmed that they were seeing this man who had died. Hmm. So what they did was dug the guy's body up. Burn the body, put the ashes back in the grave, and covered the grave with rocks. And the police were actually called over this. Uh, really, a few men spent you know a few nights in jail over it, and things went back to normal. Huh, that's interesting. And so what did what did what did they actually? So what did they actually figure happened? Uh, they don't know. They just know that as soon as they perform this ritual, uh, they you know, their town was, quote, cleansed. Um, people stopped having these dreams. People stopped ha- waking up with weird wounds. And mm. that was it. They were waking up injured? Yeah, they were waking. They would wake up with uh, what they called uh, scratches or either or puncture wounds. Oh, okay. So like bite marks, maybe claw marks. Mm-hmm. But they weren't just like on their neck as, you know, Bram Stoker made very right, popular right. they could be anywhere in your body a lot of times they were right along your arm uh because these spirits can you know they hide under your bed or they just slither along the floor even sometimes they're described right, right. very serpentine qualities hmm. uh, which we can get to a little bit in a little while um but yeah the act of draining blood or drinking blood mm-hmm. or taking part in the consumption of human flesh is a lot older than Bram Stoker. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And a lot older than Marina Abramovich and her spirit cooking. Yes. And a lot older than machine gun Kelly and (laughs) Megan Fox. Oh God. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah, these, spirits these beings uh and these rituals which are quite varied in what they were intended to bring about they weren't always dedicated to uh what they are now what we see out of let's say the illuminati mm. uh these go back to ancient sumer and in my opinion go back before the great flood of noah hmm. all right so do you want to know I don't know. Where would you like to start? Let's start in Sumer. Yeah, let's start in Sumer. 
Okay. Well, in ancient Sumeria, and this dovetails uh, with what we've already talked about as well, with uh, a certain tribe of people that tend to be a little more vampiric in their afflictions. <laughs> mm. uh, so in ancient Sumeria, we have the mention in the Epic of Gilgamesh of a being called Lelitu. And, and okay. this is a wind spirit or a, a female demon who copulates with men, human men, and produces other demons. Well, Not only is this spirit mentioned in the Epic of Gilgamesh, also mentioned in the Talmud. Huh. You don't say. Mm-hmm. Mentioned yeah, this in is, the Talmud. This is Lilith. Lilith? Hmm. Yes. Lilith, the... Uh, let me see. That would be Enki's wife, mistress, whatever. Yeah, it took her as some kind of weird sexual consort. Hmm. I don't know. So, Pantheon is so messed up. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but Lilith supposedly was the original um, woman that was created, but not created from man, though. It was just created next to man, right? Right. In okay. Talmudic legend, uh, she was the first wife of Adam. Right. And yeah, you're right. She wasn't created from him, from his rib, but she was created next to him. So there was a certain sense of equality there. Okay. Um, but she, she did not want to be known as subservient to him. She didn't want to be less important. Um, so she left. They were unhappy in their union i guess i don't know if it would be marriage but the story mm. goes that she went to the red sea and that's where uh, god sent three angels to go find her and fetch her and this area was uh, filled with sexual demons she copulated with them gave birth to a lot of demons like a hundred a day according to the talmud and she refused to go back huh um yeah, so she and her children live out in desolate places, and they consume. Uh, she, in Talmudic literature, she has power over children that are born: a boy for eight days, and a girl for twenty. Yeah, and so this is this is when they uh, Lilith has the power to basically do uh, sids to just instantly kill your kid. That's right, 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 or drink their blood. Apparently, right. Yeah, so she she never went back, and she stayed out in these desolate places. And this is where we get um, kind of a mention of these beings being out. Like we talked about with the gnomes and fey folk, these demons having free reign in these desolate places where civilization doesn't really stray. Um, or in Lilith's case, happens to be the night. She's mentioned as a night spirit in, um, I think it was Isaiah 34, chapter 34. Um uh, the King James renders it as a screech owl, but a screech owl is translated straight from Lilith. Hmm. Where do they get the screech owl from, though? Well, I mean, you, you know, got I'm, the owl is all over everything. You got Moloch, you know, as an owl, Moloch as a bull. You got Moloch, you know, you got, uh, what else was an owl? Um, 
Athena. Athena, the owl. What was the one? Um, what was the little mechanical owl from uh, Clash of the Titans? Remember that? Oh, yeah. I can't remember the name. name. But that was, there was a name. It was actually like in the mythos, in the myth, in the mythology. I can't, I can't remember hmm. off the top of my head. Grognak, if you could find that. Now so, it's going to annoy me. Now, um, in the Talmud, uh, you know, that's where you, you read mostly about Lilith, right? Um, the Talmud and, and Gnostic Gospels, Gnostic texts. Right. Um, that was Bubo. Say again. Bubo. Try it one more time. Bubo? Bubo? One of those. Spell it. B-U-B-O. B-U-B-O. Bubo. I'm going with Bubo. Bubo. Bubo the clown. Eyes popping out. All right. <laughs> uh yeah, Bubo. I don't what 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 was Bubo? Why did we look, have him look that up? That was the owl. Oh, Bubo the owl. That doesn't yeah, Bubo the owl. It was Bubo the owl. I remember the name, but like that doesn't that doesn't ring a bell in any in my mythology memories. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. No, never mind. I thought it was more important than that. Oh well, <laughs> Bubo. <laughs> well, Jason was blessed, or was it? No, Theseus was blessed by Athena. So yeah, true. Owl, all that. Anyways, but yeah, the owl is a big symbol in just all occult literature and occult lore. Um, but where it originated, instead of uh, just a symbol of knowledge, was yeah, a a night spirit, a thing of the darkness. Because they're hunters, right? They're nocturnal and they're incredible hunters in the night. And they're also horrifying if you've actually seen an owl flying in the night. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen baby owls? They're scary as shit. They're all like, you know, their wings back, standing up on those long ass legs. They look like aliens. Yeah. Everybody go. If you haven't looked at it, go look at the dancing owls gif. That thing is horrifying. Yeah. Owls can be very terrifying looking. You know, their head, you know, they can spin their head. 360 degrees, rotate it all the way around. Yeah. You know, just not a fan. No. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, she she was associated with the owl. Um, Very big, very big deal in Gnostic Gospels and Jewish literature, which I'd say one and the same, really. Mm. Um, But in in these Gospels and in Talmud, she is known as the mother of you know, hundreds of demons, mother of Asmodai and, and other demons that are mentioned elsewhere, like the Ars Goetia. Um, and Lilith in Gnostic lore is a spirit of like divine femininity. Right. Or she's the, uh, she's like the evil Aphrodite. Basically. Yeah. Uh, succubi. Yeah. She's a succubi. There you go. She's the first succubi. Succubus. Succubus. Succubi is plural. Yes. Um, so in, with succubi, if anybody doesn't know fully, it's not just sex that they use to enslave or anything. It's also how they kill. They can drain life force out of you. Take that as you will. Uh, drain your blood and eat you, consume right. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, all of you weirdos that are into like that vor stuff, there you go. Yeah, that's where it started. Whenever I troll X for like, green text threads or anything like that i see at least 50 on succubi oh, yeah. well of course because, and it's always not it's yeah it's not creepy pasta it's porno pasta you know yeah it's exactly always like a horn, it's always like a horn posting <laughs> right 
Um, so anyways, I, I don't have much else on Lilith. We can kind of move forward if you want. Um, yeah, I mean, she, well, I mean, she, she is in all the ancient, you know, not all, but a lot of the, you know, in the Talmud, she's in Sumerian lore. Um, it's going in, in your, in your Genesis six book here, not yours, but the Gary Wayne's Genesis six book, the Genesis six conspiracy that we around here all know and love. Uh, there's a whole chapter on Lilith, which you know, she's the dragon queen. She's the, uh, the evil mother. The possibility that uh, that Cain wasn't uh, Eve's kid is actually in here. He talks about it a little bit. Right. Yeah, it's, it's this idea that uh, Cain was the son of Lilith, uh, which I find to be as insane as him being the son of the serpent. Um, also, another story that comes, I can't remember if it's the Talmud or somewhere else. I don't think it's the Talmud. Mm-hmm. Um but it's that uh, when Cain was expelled from his family and left, that he met Lilith and consummated with her, mm. and then left her too. Uh, but yeah, this this being was carried forward in like juridic traditions, and that she was kind of upheld as many female goddesses are, like Isis or Ninhershah, Gaia. Um, are you, and the fact are that, you saying you disagree with Gary Wayne? Because Gary Wayne is kind of like, seems like Gary Wayne is following the whole like Lilith being the mother of Cain. Uh, I don't think he believes that fully, but I think I think it's one of those things that he's like, I don't know. I don't believe it, but I don't know. Like the he last, kinda puts the last line up. of the chapter is, it would appear Satan first pioneered illicit doc- the illicit doctrine of angels copulating with humans when he violated Eve or Lilith, producing Cain, thus creating the first alternative race of angelic posterity. If so, the infamous 200 fallen angels only followed Satan's footsteps later at Mount Hermon. Hmm. Yeah, he's talked more recently, and, and he doesn't seem to fully believe it himself. Hmm. But... Yeah. I mean, I guess but if you're putting in your book, you should probably... Right. Anyways, um, so yeah, Lilith, the very first uh, mention of blood drinking in in ancient history, really. Right. And like I said, that archetype continued forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So throughout history, you have many of these in the same vein, female archetypes, goddesses that are carried forward. Uh, You have beings like, well, we were just talking about in Europe, the Strigoi, uh, which is in... Romania, I want to say, Strigoi, uh, which means witch, but has become popular with vampires, pretty much synonymous. Uh, you've got the Opres in Scythian lore, and the Scythians were very famous blood drinkers. Yes, the, the Scythians who, well, they came from the Tuatha de Danann. Yeah, Tuatha Dinan uh, sprang from them. Oh, so it was the other way around. I thought it was the other way around that the, they became the Scythians, or the Scythians became the Tuatha de Danann. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. The other yeah, way. because that's where they came from originally. Was that land? Okay. Yeah, they came from from Scythia, and later you've got the Sarmatians there. Sarmatians well, I thought, were. I thought. Listen, I don't know. I was just listening to Gary Wayne today, and I thought he said it was that they they became the Scythians later. And I, I don't know. I might have been confused. I was at work, so who knows. <laughs> No, it's all right. Yeah, uh, but but that land, the Scythians, Sarmatians, all of all of those peoples were heavily influenced by this dragon cult, mm-hmm. dragon mythology. 
Right. And again, and we're going back to that, but these Tuatha de Danan who, who were from the Scythians or whatever, they were of these dragon bloodlines even. Like they had Nephilim blood. They were this, these blood drinking peoples, but they were, it was a genetic thing for them. Right. Yeah. So you've got after whether Lilith existed as Adam's wife or not, I don't think she did. I think that's a lie. But this little character did exist at some point in the very, very distant past. And then you have the Nephilim coming later. You have the flood and the Nephilim after the flood. But yeah, this idea of drinking blood and consuming human flesh was carried throughout history by these giants into later cultures. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It was it was a genetic thing for them. They were genetically predisposed. Um and I'm sure that they gained power from that. That's why we're told in the Bible not to consume blood. Right. Um, yeah, well, there's power in the blood. Right. There's a song all about it, right? This one hit to him. There's power in the right. blood. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many times I've sang that song at church, right? And not, not, even, not even putting like things together. How many times in your life have you just, just done something a million times, never thought about where it came from or how we got it or whatever, you know, just, it's just a phrase, you know, like we were talking the other day, talking about ring around the rosy. It's a pretty morbid nursery. Rhyme. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, or yeah, there's, there's things rock from my baby. look back right. on them. Like right. how, how was I allowed to do slash sing slash hear this? Yeah. Like rock baby as a little kid. It's scary as shit, right? When the bow breaks, the, when the tree fall, when the thing that you're up in the tree breaks and you fall down out of the tree, you know, down comes the whole cradle and the baby and everything. Yeah, you're, and what do you think's gonna happen? You have a broken baby. Like right. these, are, these are scary things. We don't think about it. Um, just like speaking of babies, well, I don't know if it's somebody you get into now, but like, you're like you, you have a, you have a little one. I have a little one. How many times have you pretended to eat your kid? Uh, all the time. Right. Where the hell did that come from? At what point in society was it like, did it become like a cute, jokey thing to pretend to eat children? And why does it feel so like, why does everybody get pleasure out of the whole experience? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do I sound weird? We have so many stories like Hansel and Gretel of children being eaten. Right, right. And it's like, oh, and you get your look at, oh, man, daddy's going to eat your feet. Right. And then they, ah, I'm going to eat your tummy. Right. But it's like, why would you, why would be eating your children be something you would want to, right? Because who eats children? Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. They, the giants ate people, right? Right. I'll grind his bones for millet. You right. Know? They'll eat, yeah. They'll eat, the giants will eat people. They always ate people. Giants eat people. The redheaded giants of Lovelock Cave were cannibals. Like, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But like, eating people, right? This all comes from cannibalism. It has to. But at one point, people ate babies. There has to be some sort of epigenetic lore behind, you know, some sort of esoteric lore behind pretending to eat your kid. There has to be. Well, it's stuff that we've just followed in because it's tradition. It's culture now. It seems harmless. But Does that sound weird that it, I actually ask that question? But like, no, it's not really, right? No, not not really. Huh. With as much as we've talked about in the show, no. It's, yeah, nothing it's, is off the table. Nothing is off the table no. around the paranormal. By the way, how do I sound? You sound good. No, I have a new. I, I ended up getting a um, along with the new laptop. I bought a new a new mic. My new travel mic. My old travel mic. The old ATR twenty one hundred finally bit the dust. The very first 
the very second mic actually that I bought for podcasting. Uh, the original podcaster's mic, the ATR twenty one hundred. They don't make this one anymore. Um, when the computer, when when the mic stand collapsed, uh, the mini USB or the USB two, I think it's called the, the or mini USB. I don't know which one it is, but uh, the port inside the the part that holds the cord in there, it's all loose now. So it intermittently pops. So like this is dead. So I had to buy a new one. So I have the upgraded. I have the upgraded ATR 2100X. Yeah. It's actually cheaper. It was actually $10 cheaper than this one when I bought it fucking seven years ago, six years ago. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, so I have a new velvety smooth travel mic. I was gonna get like a, a really cool one, like the the uh, the mini Shure SM7B. It's like the podcaster's version. But I'm like, I don't need, I don't need to spend like to save that money for like buying prep stuff or or putting yeah. new new cool shit into the website. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> I think it sounds good. It does. It does. I, I actually, like, I did some recording with it, and you can definitely tell the difference. So good. Yeah. Anyhow, you and dog, even Dogbot has a better mic than me. No, you have a, you, you, your mic is actually the most expensive mic on the show now because I'm not home. Oh, you're not on your home setup. I'm not on my home set. No, my home setup is the, is That's the, true. the Alex Jones, the Electro Voice RE20, RE320, right. excuse me. The, that was the, uh, if it was gold, it would have been the Rush Limbaugh mic. <laughs> he has the same mic. It was just gold plated. <laughs> Yeah, when you're, you know, when you're Jim Morrison, as well, you connection. Thank yeah, you, thank you. I exactly. can remember his name. Yeah, how can you not remember Jim Morrison? I was never a fan of the Doors, anyway. All right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, back to ritual cannibalism and ritual blood drinking. Um, so blood drinking has been a thing. Okay, so eating babies, Jesus, <laughs> eating babies let's, has been a thing. Like, I mean, eating. Yeah, let, where let's we, yeah. start with the the sacrifice part of it. Okay, so sacrificing children and humans in general has been a thing since antiquity um, with burnt sacrifices, whether it's uh, fake pagan stuff. Like, we, have you ever seen uh, Midsummer? Oh, yes. I saw that a while ago when oh, it was first released. What a terrible... I was like, what the fuck? She jumped off the cliff? What? Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't... What was that whole don't point? Go, don't go see that movie, guys. You're not going to go see it now, but like, don't. Well, true. It was very, it was very um, white people religion bad, you know. But it was very pagan bad. Yeah, it was. So um, it was very much like pagan, weird sex murder cult type stuff. Anyway, um, but yeah, sacrifices have been part of of. Uh, religion for going back to antiquity especially especially in the uh southern hemisphere hemisflat <laughs> in the yeah, southern the, hemis realm in, in the outer rings in the out, yeah there you go in the in the outer rings of this section of the realm yes that we know of yes yes um uh you know, from south america in south america basically they they killed a lot of people supposedly yeah central south america and india don't forget kali Oh, that's right. Kali was, yeah, Kali Ma will rule the world. Yeah, Kali was connected with blood rituals. But these uh, these beings, and we mentioned Molech too. Uh, Molech, who was also known as Baal-Hamon, uh, uh, Kronos, or Saturn. Uh, there's a story that comes out of uh, 
the Phoenician colony of Carthage in North Africa, where they they lost a massive battle against the Romans, and they went back to to Carthage and they said, "Well, we need a better sacrifice to Belhamon in order to gain victory." So, I think it was sixty thousand children that they went around and they in fact paid women i want to say it was the equivalent of like eighteen hundred dollars yeah that's right they were they were paying women to uh to To give up their children their children for sacrifice apparently that's been a thing throughout history where they've paid women to give up their babies for sacrifice now they don't pay women now now women pay to give their children sacrifice yes now now women tiktok dance into the planned parenthood yeah, yeah. Dude, but, I saw one. I saw, I think it was a black chick. And it was like, she was showing like a picture of her flat stomach. And it's like, this is what 26 abortions looks like. That's a demon. That, well, I mean, she's a better white supremacist than I am. <laughs> Let's start on that. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. I saw that video again. It, it popped up in my feed. The, the, the gangbanger with the, with the Hitler tattoo. Oh yeah, Where he's like, he's like, I'm a better white supremacist than any of them. When I take my gut outside, I ain't looking for no white boys. I'm looking for niggas. I'm like, oh, well, he's right though. He's right. They don't, yeah, they fair. don't go out there. Crips don't out, don't go out there shooting whites, and and bloods don't go out there shooting whites. They're going out there shooting each other. I mean, very Aztec. I'm not mad. I'm not, you know, I'm just. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it anymore, right? It's like one of those things where it's like, well, they stopped reporting on all the bombings in Lebanon because it happens so often. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, they stopped reporting on black crime in Chicago because it happens so often, right? I get it. But it's like, like I know, but like, are we so desensitized? We are. We're so desensitized we are, to everything. We are desensitized. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean, it, and we've been desensitized throughout our entire history. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it just used to be connected with religion and salvation and blessings from quote the gods, right? I mean, people used to get enraptured by watching sacrifices and stuff like that. They used to get like they used to entranced and like get into whipped up into religious frenzies over over this kind of stuff, you know? Right, and the modern debunking story—it's the same as like the the Pythia of um, of Delphi, the Oracle of Delphi. Uh, they would say that, well, she was breathing in noxious gases from under the earth that were right there, and they put her in a trance-like state. No, no. When there were blood sacrifices, whether they were animals or especially people, there definitely is a spirit that comes over. Oh, dude, I've seen these people. I've been to stupid, well, I thought was stupid, like Wicca magic stuff, and and I, 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 it was a long time ago. I saw, I, I saw somebody. I don't know if they were possessed, but like their entire being changed. You know what I mean when they were performing this thing. So, yeah, whether they're just put in, in a dark trance, mm-hmm. which is actually a trance, mm-hmm. or they're inviting a spirit down. Um, because think about it, a spirit. If I am correct, and demons are the disembodied spirits of the giants and they must be brought into a body to experience life again physically Mm -hmm. when you are sacrificing something you're trading a life for a life 
Right. And well, as we said, there's power in the blood. Right. Absolutely. Um, and again, you know, they, they could have been faking just to, to make everybody look cooler than they were, too. True. Yeah. Very most true. likely. But these people in, in antiquity were not faking. No, these people were not. I mean, they were they were performing rituals where they were like tearing the hearts, you know, still beating hearts out of humans and eating the heart while it was still beating. It was part of the sacrifice, you know, and then the, and then the body gets sacrificed in the fire. And it's depending on depending on what religion, you know, you're talking about like the, the in India, I believe that's that was well, maybe it was just dramatized for the Indiana Jones movie. I mean, that was the, that one was definitely dramatized. But oh, for sure, for but sure. Sacrifices. To nobody, nobody can ride. No train cars. No train cars run around like that. Okay, it's overly no. dramatized. Yes. No. No little um, Korean kid is beating up any six foot two, muscle bound, sweaty prison guard. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, and and talking about the Scythians again, you know, like I said, they were very very famous blood drinkers. They mm-hmm. would uh, frequently consume blood out of human skulls many times out of the human skull the body that it came from right and that's another thing right that's that's a meme you know uh the problem with society is nowadays we don't people don't drink out of the skulls of their enemies anymore like okay wait a second we used to drink out of the skulls of our enemies yeah that was the thing you know you would or you would eat his heart Right, like a deer. Like when you when you when you take a deer, right? You're the one of the rituals is you're supposed to, you know, gut it and take the heart out and take a bite out of the heart while it's still hot. Right. Right. Well, they were doing that with their enemies, you know, human enemies. Now is some sort of a of a of a battle ritual, you know, with some of these some of these. Um, well, yeah, and the Scythians in Maori culture. In Maori culture, I know I didn't send anything off this. This just comes to mind. Uh, they would actually consume the dead bodies of their enemies, and that was seen not as an insult, but as a a taking on of that enemy's strength. Yeah, you know, if one chieftain if one chieftain killed another, he would then consume his body and take the strength from that chieftain into himself. Yeah, he would absorb the chieftain into himself. Like, um, in there's that book that we were the PDF we were going through. The uh, high adept blood drinking cannibalism and high adept or blood drinking and high adept Satanism. It's so many words, uh, but he talks about um, the uh, the cannibals that he met and the um, how they were basically like aristocratic cannibals, and they didn't do it as like a disgusting, degenerate sort of debased thing. It was a um, like a taking in of these people into you. They were their friends. They were their, uh, you know, they became, these people became part of them, you know, since they ate them, you know, they consumed their, their whole being. You know what I mean? Absolutely so, disgusting. Right. Oh, here it is. He goes, uh, he showed, he's, he's like, he showed these pictures. Um, this is one line. This is, he said, there were color photographs of men and women. Each person stood alone in a doctor's office. Each person was nude and seemed calm. The youngest was perhaps 18, and the older ones were in their late 20s. They seemed slightly plump, but fit and healthy. They looked like persons in the prime of their lives. I asked who they were. He replied, they are my dear friends. I have taken them into my soul. They are the eaten. So oh, God. they have already, those are the ones he's already consumed. So their deal with these high, like this guy was a vegetarian. Right, so he went and had a he had a meal. This is skipping way ahead in the timeline, 
but uh this this luciferian who was a vegetarian but occasionally performed and went into uh the aristocratic cannibalism it was wasn't the same kind of cannibalism practiced by like savages in the jungle, like the the sentinels, right. the sentinels who shot down that guy who was who was you know trying to give him Bibles. Um, this was practiced for like for like psycho- psychological reasons and like social positioning, um, and for ritual purposes, obviously. But uh, these, it was it was something to do with like part of the whole apotheosis. These all these Satanists, these Luciferians are all trying to perform apotheosis. They're all trying to become gods, right? Right. That's the well. One, that's that's the that's one, getting one of the ahead a little bit. We're getting way so. ahead. Yeah, we're getting way ahead. But anyways, so yeah, these people do this stuff, and they're eating. Well, who they're eating becomes them. Like they're they're taking this person's soul into them. It's not just they're not just consuming it as food, like you would eat a hamburger. Right. You know what I mean? All right. So that's that's skipping way, way ahead. But it goes back to the ritualistic cannibalism of, like, say, the ancients where they would, like you said, like a Maori chieftain would eat the other chieftain if he killed him in battle. Right. You know? Or uh, the Vikings would kill if a Viking, you know, this is supposedly because apparently everything we know about the Vikings is a lie, too. Um, but when they would kill another chieftain from another tribe or whatever, they would, you know, drink the blood out of the chief's out of the other chief's skull. Well, they'd have to do something with the brain. They probably ate it, and then you get your prion diseases. Well, and that's another another part of this as well is the the negatives of cannibalism and blood yes. drinking. Oh my God, there's negatives. Well, there's I mean, consequences. There's consequences what? for drinking the life of of a person. Weird. I'm sorry. I I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, what we possible, talked about this, whatever could they be? We talked about this a little bit in our, well, actually a lot in our Jewish vampire episode. Um, but yeah, you have prion disease. You've got uh, porphyria. What is it called porphyria? Yeah, blood diseases, light sensitivity, those kinds of things. And those manifested a lot in cryptids and legends of the spirits. Yes. Um, yes, so you've got like the bay, uh, was it the Bayvanshi of uh, of Scotland, which also became kind of synonymous with the Banshee. Um, well, that's where it came from. You've you got the Wendy second. Hmm? Yeah, you took out the second syllable in your Banshee. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, a, um, a screamy woman is all that is really. I can see it being Scottish. Yeah, Irish Scottish. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It was just a pipey um, Irish broad, is what it was. You know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why do you have to repeat yourself? Um, in North America, it seems to have materialized in the Wendigo. Yes. At least in North Northern North America. Yeah, the Wendigo eats flesh and drinks blood. Right. Is constantly emaciated, constantly thin, uh, because it can never get enough. It's hunger is unsatiated and one of the right. the origin stories here is that it was created from a person who did consume human flesh and they became cursed because they ate the human flesh right it was that was their curse for doing said flesh exactly yeah. and they were once again emaciated they were sensitive to light um mm. they were diseased and, and disgusting but also another origin is that the wendigo was yes all those things still emaciated but they were still a giant and they were yeah, from they were, they were a always like eight, nine feet tall. Right. 
they were eight, nine feet tall, but they would be hunched and slouched over at like six, eight, you know, because they're, they'd be like emaciated, skinny giants, basically. Absolutely horrifying to imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it comes from, once again, legends of giants that inhabited these people's lands. And what do you know? They took these Indians that they were uh, they were subjugating and they used them as fodder in their ritual sacrifices in their uh, blood drinkings and ate them, consumed them. And eventually in many places in native American lore, they rose up and drove out these giants and drove them into hiding, hmm. which we talked about a little bit in the, the uh, gnome gnosis episode. Right. Um, so connection there with a little bit of missing 411, but even more horrifying is more confirmation that the giants seem to be where these rituals originated, seem to be. Sure. I mean, there's other places where giants were and like, you know, which is. Everywhere. Oh, sure. Not, not, I'm not talking specifically as one area. No, no, not at all. Sorry, my, I don't know what's going on. This is the change in the weather because it all of a sudden got cold. But I woke up this morning with a completely stuffed head and the the runny sinuses. Again, I think uh, the allergies. Oh, boy. Well, also, last week I spent a lot of time up in a ceiling where it was very, very dusty. So could just be cleaning out all the, the dust and whatever. Who knows? Could be. Who knows? Could be COVID. Oh, wait. There's no such thing. <laughs> Just bring some diluted apple cider vinegar and get some good rest. I, yeah, I do apple cider vinegar every now and then. I put it in a lot of stuff. I used to do the shot of apple cider vinegar and lemon water in the morning every morning. And my stomach mm-hmm. was finally like, you know what? Don't do that anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, eat something first. Yeah, I will do that tomorrow, but eat something first yeah. once my fast is over. Yeah. It's good for you. It is It is good for you, but there's also other ways to get that kind of stuff. I eat a lot of yes. sauerkraut. I love sauerkraut. All right, oh, moving sauerkraut. on. Uh, Those are things to, you yes. should be consuming. Those are things you should be consuming. Like, yes, yes fermented, fermented cabbage. That kind of stuff. Um, potatoes that you've grown yourself. That kind of stuff. All right. Yes. Not blood. Blood will give you, blood will give you prion diseases and all kinds of weird, weird bodily... Um, disorders i guess you can call them uh you develop you, you develop uh, all kinds of weird disorders people that um have there's there's like an addiction to blood drinking i believe there's a name for it i can't remember where it is off the top of my head i should have looked this up before the show but um this is something that people do still to this day like i mean people drink blood it's like a, it's a thing there's like va- you know vampire societies or like you know larping but still doing this stuff you know um yeah, and then and there's think- the real ones that are actually like actually well and i think there's a difference between like a larping goth couple just taking a box cutter to their wrist and taking a few drops. I think there's a difference between that and doing it actually like in a ritual with intent. Oh, now I'm not saying you should do it. I'm not saying that it's okay for those retards to actually do that. When you're standing there and you're saying, Sue, Sue, studio, Sue, Sue, studio, Sue, Sue, studio. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, we, we have no idea. We, we have no idea what that what that word means. Uh, we think it is probably some sort of witchcraft because it is Phil Collins and he's a warlock. So, uh, unfortunately, I mean, probably there's no also other. His way. daughter's a, his daughter's a dude. Oh, dude, yeah. His daughter looks like Harry Potter, basically. Yeah. Um, real quick, Grognak, thank you. It's a clinical vampirism, also known as Renfield syndrome. That's what it is, Renfield syndrome. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, Renfield yes. syndrome is a thing that happens to people that get into blood drinking play and that kind of stuff. They end up with this disorder, disease. Right. And like I said, I think there's a big difference between these people and the elite that oh, we sure. have all seen over the years that are involved in this human trafficking um, consumption of these kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes along with the sex ritual stuff. It's like, yep. you know, you having sex with your wife is one thing, <laughs> but doing it ritualistically, you know, in service to dark demon gods, that right. that's a whole nother level. Yeah, and these people, I mean, these people do it with their own children. You know, they, they take their kids into this and they perform the, the satanic ritual abuse, which then leads into the the high adept Satanism and the cannibalism and the blood drinking and all this stuff. A lot of it's done as, um, like, to gain access to these, to these higher levels of these secret societies that people um, end up in or that are born into. A lot of these people, a lot of these people that do this stuff are born into it. And it's almost like they don't have a choice. Right. Well, exactly. Uh, Many of these families are, many of these families actually trace themselves, their lineage back to people like the Amalekites. Yeah. I mean, who escaped, who who were let free under Saul, the Amalekites also being uh, Nephilim descended. mm -hmm. Uh, But they, they know in their bloodline, that they have this history and that they, you know, this is their belief. This is what they do. And so their kid is raised in that just like a kid would be raised to go to church. Right. Except their church is, you know, transgender Satan is blood drinking. Right. And people do escape it. Yeah, they do. Not Not easily. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the ones that escape, um, you know, the ones that escape and become whistleblowers, are they like another level of deception because none of them are coming out and saying that they're trans too? You know, they're not like, well, are these people troons as well? Or are they just not involved in that part of it? I was like, cause you know, because if you're some of our friends, literally everybody is trans, literally everybody. <laughs> I, yeah, can't I, I can't go that far. I can't do go, it. I can't, I can't go, go that far. Burb Battlebot, You guys love you guys. You guys are awesome. Some of my very, very favorite people. But I'm Mark Wahlberg. Stop it right now. <laughs> Stop it. We they they need male and female in their yeah, yeah. bodies, in their um their natural state. I hate to say that. It sounds weird. Well, but that's but the thing they, they need they that. Do, they do have the elites do have these quote male women have babies, like your your Vin Diesels. You know, right. You'll see it actually being pregnant, you know, Ben Affleck. Well, and a lot of times, and we'll get into this. How close are we to, to the break? So I can know what to be butting up against and whatnot. Pretty close. We, okay. Well, we know from a book that we'll be talking about in the second hour and from others who've come out as, as whistleblowers. And I real quick, I don't believe all these People who are quote whistleblowers are liars. I don't believe they're all charlatans. Um, so many of their stories corroborate each other. 
when they have absolutely no idea. And then being a boomer with technology eight times out of 10 oh, yeah. adds a little bit of realism to me. Sure. Um, there's that. But then also then you, you got to remember that a lot of these it's been doing this for a long time. Yes. So they definitely do the same thing as with any other conspiracy theory. They have their conspiracy candy people. They're peddlers. Yeah. Out there. Yep. Um, Pizzagate was a big part of that, even though it was it was good information and we can tell that most of it was real. They threw so uh, much they, crap out there that was fake. It just made it hard for people to really believe the real stuff. Right. And like you said uh, earlier this hour, we're so desensitized to so much of this that people could look at the Pizzagate info. I mean, you could show somebody, scroll through, show them the Podesta stuff, show them emails, show them all these pictures that were leaked, everything. And they'd be like, that's that's a conspiracy theory. It's a right wing Christian conspiracy theory. That's it. Yeah. And that's how and that's how it was treated for a very long time. Yeah, and now we got people who are going down the rabbit hole for the very first time, and we're all sitting here like, hmm. Well, yeah, and then, of course, well, with the Pizzagate thing, then you had the the lone gunman who put the lone bullet through the hard drive that just ended everything. You know, you remember that, right? Yeah, the, the, the convenient crazy, hiding. The crazy Q guy that went into Comet Ping Pong Pizza and shot one shot off in his AR and went through the wall, through the hard drive of the computer that had all the stuff that people wanted to look at just amazing how isn't it wild it's wild wild just wild yes um you know we don't know what else is wild this freaking song that we're gonna play (laughs) and break i like it i like it a lot uh goes along with the theme uh this is what bloodbath this is eaten and we'll be back I am what desire since I was mine To see my body wrecked and torn To see my flesh devoured before my eyes Only for you I volunteer as a human Yeah. 
right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. Still Spooptober. I'm still Johnny with Reinhardt and Grognak. We're still talking about ritual cannibalism and blood drinking and basically vampirism. Um, we got into the origins of it and how far back it goes into antiquity. Um, we're going to start talking about like the modern aspects of it, but not the completely modern as in like 2022. Um, because this goes, I mean, to quote modern um, history, it gets injected into the timeline with uh, Vlad Dracul, right? Ah, yes. National hero to the Romanians. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't get it earlier. I think it's the same thing. It's cold and it's I, I, I have stuff. Um, yeah, so Vlad Dracul or Vlad the Impaler, national hero of Romania and famed member of Ordo Draconis, mm. the Order of the Dragon. Right. Well, Dracul means dragon anyway. Right, or Dracula being son of the dragon. Right, son of the dragon, right. That's yeah, Dracula is not like somebody's name, it's a title. Dracul is a title. Right. Um and this title was passed down from Vlad's father. Now, his full name his actual name was Vlad Tepish. Um Romanian lord and like I said member of the Order of the Dragon. Now, that Order of the Dragon was started historically, publicly, uh, let's say, by Sigismund of Luxembourg, hmm. who was a king and conqueror uh, throughout the 15th century, um, especially in Central Europe, where he moved into what is now known as like Czech Republic era. Mm-hmm. Right. Or area. Uh, he was king of Hungary at the time. But uh, yeah, formally founded this Order of the Dragon that dates back to Scythians, dates back to the Celts, uh, the Britons, uh, the people of Wales. I mean, Wales has on their flag the red dragon. <laughs> right, exactly. And yeah, Vlad was an archetypal, to quote Gary Wayne, archetypal Nephilim figure. He had uh, reddish hair, green eyes. He uh, skewed sunlight. I thought he had hazel eyes. Uh, hazel eyes, yeah. yeah. Well, green is in there. He was very, very white skinned. Yes, yes, very pale skinned. Did he not. Glow- like you could sunlight. say he glowed. Yeah, exactly. Shine. Um, mm-hmm. You could say he was a shining one. Yeah, he was Tuatha de Danan. I would say so. From the same stock, mm-hmm. same lineage. Absolutely, um, I, I, I believe this too. I mean, like it makes sense, and that's you know that's where this comes from. The Scythians and Tuatha de Danan, you know, right. Yeah, and he was not he was not a good Christian, as many like to think, you know, that it's the crusader, you know, tradcath, ortho, whatever you want to call it, LARP, that he was this absolute amazing defender of Christendom against the pagans. Right. He, he himself put pagans was a pagan. heads on spikes. No. Yeah. And he took part in blood drinking rituals. Right. The heads on spikes were there because he was that's you know, where they went after he drained the blood out of them to drink it. Right. And he took, of course, pleasure in the torture of his victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that will, that's one thing that the, quote, modern arist, uh, aristocratic cannibals, uh, the elites, the cannibals, the elites, they don't do is they don't torture. The, um, 
I would say re- they do. Re- what's that? I would say they do. No, well, that's not the thing, in the same the, way. The ones that do to- well, no, the ones that do torture, um, like the extreme physical torture, are like the lower level Satanists, the sadomasochist types. Like you know what I mean, the ones that like to do like the really nasty flaying of skin and that kind of the beatings and stuff. That's usually usually the lower levels of the more debased Satanist as opposed to the um, the high adept Satanists that are like these, the uber elites, the names you don't really hear of, the ones that are invited to these uh, super private dinner clubs in New York. You know, that those, those, those eaten, the ones they call the eaten, um, those ones are not tortured. They're actually like pampered and treated very well before they're... Well, I... See, I'd I'd agree the the physical torture is the lower aspect, but it's the oh. psychological torture is what I'm talking about that they that well, they the do. The thing is, is that with with the Eaton and in these and these high level cannibals, they don't the, they're the Eaton aren't tortured. They're like they're told they're usually immigrants. They're you know they're told they have something something wrong with them. They're in a hospital. They're taken you know really good care of they're fed very well and that's a big part of of the psychological uh aspect of it not being torture is <clears throat> excuse me is that they uh they believe that they're being taken care of quite well and because they're being fed very well if you're fed well then you're being t- taken care of as soon as the food changes like if you start getting like shitty food then it's like oh wait what's going on here but these people are like they're given the best of care the best food the you know board games books whatever tv whatever to keep them you know um in good spirits while they quote get better and then during you know during a doctor's exam then they you know they the knife but uh it's not. I don't think there's a lot of psychological torture there either, because these people don't know that that's what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. So there's never well, any yeah, so trauma. We're, so we're talking more about the cattle, right? They're more. They're right. Exactly. They're more cattle than than um, uh, somebody who is in a ritualistic, sadomasochistic torture ritual. Right. Yeah. Which now, is they, which is no no. I mean, they're both equally evil and nefarious on their own levels, but they are completely different. And the right. people that do them are normally two completely different kinds of people. Right. And where the psychological torture, the trauma-based mind control stuff comes in is especially with kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Fortunately, you know, yeah. you have kids that are, are trafficked and brought in and you know, they're either raised to be members or they're raised to be sometimes raised to be calves. But usually, whatever the case, whether they're born into it, um, they are introduced to certain types of trauma, whether that be physical harm mm-hmm. or sexual trauma. Right. Most uh, of them, um, most of them go through many, many, many forms of, of sexual uh, mind control, torture, um, personality splitting, uh, making boys dress like girls, making girls dress like boys, uh, calling, having, you know, having two uh, separate families. You know, you had the, the, uh, the the Christian family that they lived with most of the time, and then when they went off to do their evil satanic stuff, they were with the the, sat, the satanic family. They were like called a whole different thing, and they're like a whole different personality, a whole different person. Sometimes, so yeah, sometimes a whole different gender. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a guy a who gender, right? who had you know, his personality, which was warped and and 
destroyed you and then you had two separate ones you had another boy and you had a girl mm-hmm. and he would yeah and he went like what was it like kathy and you know, i was like what Ugh. i was like that's why yeah even grognak got a little bit confused at the story because he's like wait a minute this story sounds familiar it's like well a lot of these satanic ritual abuse stories sound familiar because it is a very distinct pattern of abuse that they use um probably because it's the same system that they use for all this this torture you know, it's probably everybody gets like the okay the formula. You know, step A, do this. Step B, do this. Step C, one, do this. If you have a boy, C, B, okay. You know what I mean? It's just a step by step, right? Program. Yeah. So of course the stories do seem the same because a lot of the programming is probably very similar. Exactly, and they've turned it. It's it's the same kind of ritualistic stuff that was practiced in the ancient world, at, right down to fattening up the uh, the calves for the slaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mind control that would take place, the sexual abuse, everything. That what do you think happened with temple prostitutes? Right. You know, uh, many times these girls were raised in the temple around all this stuff to become temple prostitutes. I mean, if that's if you don't call that sexual mind control, I don't know what. Yeah, and it, well, it wasn't just girls; it's girls and boys. They did, and both. Right, right, right. And so now, I like what this guy says, and and. Um, this book that we mentioned in the first hour uh, is written by a a survivor of this trauma-based mind control and somebody who has helped others to come out of these cults, uh, these high-level cults and families. And uh, one thing that he mentions that they've they've done, they've t- taken these practices from the ancient world, but they have created a science out of this. Right. Like you're talking, Johnny, you take the, the process they have boiled all this down to scientific processes. This mm-hmm. is what we're talking about with like MK Ultra. Right. It's scientific processes of doing, you know, satanic alchemy and and magic and sorcery and whatever, kind of like, you know, making microchips. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Science is magic. Right. That's, science is that's magic. That's your yes. connection right there. Yep. So and how many times have you heard that? Science is magic. Like and no. And like magic is just science that you don't understand. Right. So uh yeah, we we got we have to do we have to do a, an episode on Bechtel. Yeah, that's gonna need we're gonna need an episode on that. I mean, I didn't know. I honestly didn't know it went back as far as it went back, man. Oh, it goes back over you know a hundred years. Well, absolutely. It's like well, yeah, it's crazy though. I, just, I didn't know the things that I'm like working for that company. I was before, and it's like never again. I'm not actually going right. to work directly for Satan. Yeah. Anyway, nope, I'm done. Yep, moving on. Um. That's a whole other thing, but yeah, uh, what were we talking about? The alchemy and the um, the process of all this. The process, yes, the process of all this. The ritual, you know, ever all of this stuff is ritual, you know. Um, whether they they you know whether they're doing it as a as a um, as a satanic mockery of communion, you know, or if they're just doing it as some sort of a ritual feast. You know, or some sort of a satanic holiday where they eat a person or they need a sacrifice. Right. There's all kinds of reasons for it in different ways that they do it. Right. And, you know, a lot of the time. So what I actually want to say is with all of this, it still boils down to the same intent as in the ancient world is to gain power is what it is. Right. Whether these people are wearing priestly vestments or an expensive tailored suit, mm-hmm. 
they are gaining worldly power through this otherworldly uh, practice. Mm-hmm. Or if they're wearing a white scientific lab coat. Or if they're wearing a lab coat. Mm-hmm. The new the new robe of the new priesthood. Right. Yes. It's the new the new religion. What is what is coming is the uh, the one world religion. Science. And if you think human sacrifice won't be included in the uh, the apotheosis of transhumanism, you haven't been again, paying attention to the you. COVID operation, then have you? <laughs> right. Well, in there we see the power of death, of mass death, mm-hmm. uh, when it's specifically planned. Two weeks to mass die off, bro. Two weeks, bro. Two weeks, bro. Dude, take the amount of deaths and add them up. And like total them, you know what I mean? Like to the previous 10 years, it's, it's ridiculous. The numbers. Right. The mass die-offs are happening. They're, they're literally happening. People are dying at a rate, an unprecedented rate at a much younger age of things like suddenly and uh, quote, for no reason, end quote. Or climate stress. Oh, yeah. Climate stress. That's a new one. Yeah. Gardening. The gardening. Sleeping wrong. Weed. Yeah, weed is. The, that's what I, I'm like. I was like, really, really. You know the Indian. You know the meme of the Indian guy giving the uh, crossed arms in the pff, face, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that. Th- listen, I don't care what your feelings are on all that stuff, but weeds never killed anybody. Knock it off. Right. Anyways, back right. to not uh, more cheerful topics. Yeah, yeah, this is a cheerful topic. No, I said not oh. more cheerful topic. Oh yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah, we could talk about weed. It's a lot more, a lot more cheerful than this, but it wouldn't wouldn't go along with the show. So. Unfortunately, I don't know as much about weed as I do about this stuff. Right, and that's fine. That's fine. We can we can get people on the show that t- that know about weed if we needed to. I'm sure. Right. I'm pretty sure we know some um, people that know about weed, but we're not going to yes. talk about them today. Uh, going back to. Well, you know, weed is the reason why we're so schizo, Reinhardt. I've, I've not touched weed since I was like 19 years old. Dude, well, that was yesterday. Rude. <laughs> I'm but over no, the that's hump the reason. 30, man. No, I was told. What? I'm over the hump. You're over the hump. You're, what are you, 26? 27. 27. All right. That's, you're, all right. You're getting there. Uh, no, the reason why we're so schizo and we believe all these Alex Jones tier. Uh, conspiracy takes is because we're all on weed dabs and our minds are fried from dabs. Okay. You didn't see that? It was like, like, I I saw it. I Johnny stopped. Take, yes. Take my silence as like, I don't care about. No, no, no. I just think that's funny. I I think it's, I think it's funny that that's the new, that's, that's the new, we don't have an answer for any of your stuff. So we're just going to blame, you know, we're, we're still not going to, we're still not going to address the things you want to talk about. We're just going to continue to poke fun at you people, you know, make things up, straw yeah. arguments. But yeah, that's what, that's the new thing is uh, the weed is too potent. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just telling you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this for over 15 years of my life now mm-hmm. studying some of this stuff. If I were into weed, mm-hmm. I would not have the mental capacity to, Hey man, don't juggle all yeah. this. No I, offense. I, 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 get you, I get what you're does. saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, Reinhardt. But if I were that addicted, no, no, it's yeah, I, I get that. But that's not the that's not the point. The point is, it's just like it's a cope and see sort of a thing. I know. Yeah, um, I know what it is. 
anyways, yeah, no, we're we're schizo for lots of other reasons. Um, you know, speaking actually speaking of mind altering drugs, mm-hmm. adrenalized blood. Yes, adrenalized blood. So adrenochrome, adrenochrome, schizos. Once again, proven right. Mm-hmm. It's so a real adrenochrome. Thing. What? It's a real thing. It is a real thing. Yes, it is. It is the heightened levels of fear which actually affect your blood. So, what do they do? They harvest it from. They harvest it for from the pituitary gland. So the adrenal glands. Excuse me, the adrenal glands. Well, it's secreted. So, it's secreted from adrenal glands into your blood. It's it. The the definition from Webster's is just filled with a sudden rush of energy, right? Your, your blood is energized when you are in heightened amounts of fear. Now in other cases as well, like being excited, that would be a positive, right? Um, a positive reaction, mm-hmm. but fear is the most potent. Well, I mean, well, dis- I mean, Pixar proved that wrong. If you make the kids laugh, you can power a monstropolis with, with children's laughter better than you can with their screams. Right. Oh, I imagine all these people. I, I imagine the Chateau de Armois, they were <laughs> laughing about, about that. Oh, absolutely. Were they like, like, we bottle children, forget about their laughter. Oh. Um, but absolutely, yes. Yes. So the adrenalized blood is when they, when they take the blood of somebody who is terrified and there's a bunch of adrenaline flowing around in their blood. And that blood is the energized blood that they they like to drink. And you can get addicted to it. Just like any other drug. Yeah. There are guys, you know, there, there are people who are part of these high-level elite societies that consume this adrenalized blood as they would shots of whiskey. Yeah. They think of it as right. no different than taking a bump of Coke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there are guys who are a part of this who have no care whatsoever for God or Satan or anything else. They don't care. They are just addicted to this, uh, to the substance and they are among the elite. Right. Right. Which shows, I, I, I don't even know what psychological term would describe a person like that. I really don't. Mm. I mean, you have to be so dissociated from humanity to see blood as simply, a drug. Yeah, it's it's a drug. I mean, if you get addicted to it, it's a drug. Doesn't matter what it is. If you're addicted to something, it's it's a drug. Right. Yeah. And separating it from the human that it comes from, and and this is where you know we we might want to record like a quick uh, disclaimer for the beginning of this one. I don't know why. Uh, no, we're not doing disclaimers. We never do disclaimers. Okay. All we right. Do trigger fine. warnings. What are we, um, libtards? Well, I was going to mention. Never mind. You know what? No. What? Just the process of how they do some of this. Oh, I mean, we can. We don't have to. I mean, you can euphemize it. Well, they take the calf, the young cow, mm-hmm. and they put them in essentially a bathtub. Mm-hmm. And they slaughter them just like they would a cow. They slice the neck, they drain their blood, they drain it into a large basin that looks like a bathtub. 
They'll take it and they'll mix it even with wines sometimes. They'll drink this concoction, uh, whether it is in a Chateau d'Armois situation, which is the Mothers of Darkness Castle in Belgium, uh, which is a matriarchal uh, satanic coven, very old, old family, um, or it's an elite gathering in New York City. Um, you know, they'll pass this around to parties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These people will will see these kids, and these kids may be on the menu otherwise for the night. Um, however, they do it; it's it's absolutely horrific, and it once again calls back to the ancient practices. Because these cults did exist underground in the ancient world too. It wasn't always, you know, at the top of a pyramid in the middle of the city that they would do this. Even in in the Greek world and much later medieval realm, you had um, certain tribe members mm-hmm. that would take kids from villages and would go underground or in a cave mm. and would practice these rituals. Yeah, the cave trolls. Oh, um, uh. Hansel and Gretel in the house in the woods, right? Right. And the woman just so happened to have a very long nose. Yeah, they always they always draw the the people who who take the kids that like that's weird. It's almost it's almost like there's an archetypal phenotype. Mm-hmm. Like people figured out in 109 countries that you know there's a certain <laughs> phenotype of person that yeah you shouldn't funny. let your kids be around. It was funny as um. All, all the ones, all the episodes that I ran through iTunes to turn into a MP3 from Wave files from back in the day. Now, now the program that I use just exports them as an MP3. I don't have that problem. But uh, when I shuffle my music, I'm constantly bombarded with old episodes of the Paranormies. And today, the first appearance of Skull was there. Uh, it was it was the Moon episode. It was it was me and Adam, and uh, me and Adam and. And skull, and it was the first moon landing episode. First moon landing is fake episode, right? And like going back and listening to some of the stuff we were talking about, and we've like we've we've even changed our minds so much on some of the stuff that we've said, even you know, that, even that recently, you know, how we're always we're always not adapting, but um, always taking in new information. Yeah, when new shit comes to light, you know, we reconsider our positions, and we're like, okay. Well, this is correct. Uh, you know, this is what we did say. We don't. We don't just say. We, we don't just say the new thing and say we never said the old thing. You know, right? Right. We always if and if we're wrong and if something's wrong, we we've given many a mea culpa. That's true. Even since I've been on the show, yeah, on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was, it's funny to hear some of the, some of the stuff we were talking about back in the day. Anyhow, back to back to blood drinking in high. I was gonna say that was that came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, the the blood drinking. Uh, we had said earlier that a lot of you know the the drinking uh, using the skulls of your enemies to to drink out of when you you know when you when you win a battle. Uh, the Vikings are supposedly known for that. Um. A lot of different societies were known for eating their enemies, right? Right. They would, they would win a battle and they would just take the bodies of their enemies and consume them. And it wasn't, again, um, a lot of this was savages. You know, what we would consider today would be considered savages, all of them. It doesn't matter who, what society it was, right? They'd all be considered savages. Right. 
Well, yeah, the the Scythians were considered savages mm-hmm. um, for their practices, but they, they were well known to have a, a very uh, developed culture. You know, beautiful artwork and and craftsmanship right. and everything, but still called savages. For right. Their, but they they also blood drinking, crazy partying, yeah. weed smoking. Right. Blood orgies and yeah, ridiculous the stuff that the stuff that you can only you can't imagine. They don't because it it couldn't go on today. You know, what I mean, as as large as the things that they would go on back then, it would be like you know that rave scene in in Blade Two. <laughs> remember? Oh yeah, with the blood. Was that Blade Two or the original Blade? Was it Blade Two or the original? I don't remember. Was, it might have been Blade Two. The original Blade was him uh, getting out of the helicopter in front of the pyramid. Yeah, this is so, dude. Those first the first two movies were so badass. I like they were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, even you know, even it was the black guy. Blah, 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 the, my racism. Can't the Daywalkers Wesley's Knives? You know, shut up! It was, it's a good movie. Shut up. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was that was vampires, right? And that was that whole that whole uh, series was based around the fact that the Red Cross's uh, blood bank system is just a way for vampires to feed. It's a way to keep the vampires fed. Right. Well, and I definitely think that's. It's probably part of it in reality. Oh, I, I definitely think, think part it's, of it. I, I definitely, I was going to say, and I de- and I definitely believe that. I yeah, I agree, and I think that part of it too. Uh, so you've got Red Cross and all these, you know, organizations taking blood donations. You have Ancestry DNA. It's mostly companies. Red Cross, though, as far as blood donations. It's pretty much the, only the Red Cross, right? That's their thing. That's the Red Cross's thing. I don't think anybody else really does that. Right. So the Red Cross does blood so, donations. Seven day, or five, five, six days a week around the country, three hundred and some odd days a year. How many people do you think are really using blood at hospitals and stuff? Right. So what's going on with well, all that? Well, there's a shortage. Right. There's always a shortage. Well, I think part of that it dovetails with all of the popularity of ancestry searches now too. So I think that number one, yes, they're using this blood to be fed at certain aspects however blood is most potent and important when it's fresh that's why they do these that's partially why they do these rituals and sit there and and watch the slaughter happen right um it's most potent when it's fresh also using dna companies searching out people's lineage because lineage is very important Mm -hmm. to these people and finding let's say new members apprentices more people that they can subjugate right Add to, so their, I think, add to their their little click. Yeah, exactly. They always need need new people. They're building an army, right? And so, and uh, and you know they find out if you're related. You know, they again they take lineage very seriously. Like this one, the guy from the book there. Apparently, his lineage goes back to Solomon. He was he had a rabbi on his father's side who supposedly traced his lineage back to Solomon, which I found that an interesting tidbit in the book. I'm like, oh boy. A Jew on his father's side? Clearly, this man is in charge of everything. Yeah. Converted to Christianity in the 1800s because he was the horse salesman. You missed the joke. Yeah, I know. Mm. (laughs) Clearly, he was the leader of it all. Well, and and apparently, given his lineage to King Solomon, Mm. apparently that gave him power in order to uh, contact and command Lucifer, the prince demon. Right, which is one of the things that the quote high level satanists want to do is to be like the apotheosis of satan 
is to control Lucifer. And to do that, you have to, you have to be of a certain bloodline. And so these right. people take these bloodlines very, very, very seriously. Right, which is why we have groups like, uh, you know, at Castle Neuschwanstein in Germany, which is uh, one head that is, I think, the male counterpart to Chateau d'Armois in in Belgium. But mm-hmm. with the Chateau in Belgium, you have this lineage of females, and they, you know, they torture and they raise up these these girls to be replacements. Right. You know, in these high-level adept circles, mm-hmm. um, and there are a couple. There's one person that I know of that supposedly escaped that family. Um, she does some weird stuff nowadays. She's the, like, she's a really weird Christian. Which which one is that? Uh, Jessie Zaboder, I think her name is. She does stuff with David Zublik. Oh yeah, that's the one. That, that's that's one of Bella's favorites. Right. Yeah. Which I've I've no reason really to suspect that she's lying. No, um, but like, but I, a, I, I mean, will say she again, does some weird. Well, a lot of this stuff sounds very far fetched when you read it. You know, oh, she's a high adept priestess, Illuminati Satan priestess. What? You know, you're like, what? What the fuck is that? Or he's a high adept Satanist blood drinking cannibal. He's a what? Yeah, you're like it sounds like something out of a fantasy novel, right? But these this what these people do. Yeah, and, again, and whether or not you believe it has any power, these people do. They do, right? And these, and and again, they're like, and every single one of these people is, they're like the, uh, it's like the eyes wide shut, except they're actually eating people. They're not just dancing in masks, right? You know, it's spirit cooking, but people, not cake. One thing I find interesting here is among these high level adept Satanists, you have the ones who are religious and the ones who are atheistic. You have some who who fully believe in Lucifer, no Lucifer and God, no Satan and God, um, whoever Lucifer is, whether it's Shemyaza or somebody else. Right, and then you have the ones that just feel it as a as a as a form of power, you know. Right, and and this guy. Um, so the author is the one who apparently had this lineage to King Solomon. He was approached uh, by a man named Sid, short for Sid Hartha. Funny yes. enough. Well, I was. Well, that was. Sid Hartha is is no, it couldn't be his real name either, but no, no, no. Um, but as he was speaking to him and he was telling him that he had researched his bloodline and he approached him uh, to take yeah. him on as an apprentice. Yeah, Sid had approached the author of this, this guy. This guy, he. This is like the third time that he had been sought out by these people to to join their stuff. So like. If you've never heard of this stuff, it's because they don't want you to. Yeah, they don't want people knowing. And look, these things slip through the cracks and they slip through the cracks because they're so insane that nobody's no nobody in the majority of the public is going to believe any of this stuff. They're not going to consume any of this content. No, this and this book is not this book is not sold in at Barnes and Noble. This book is not sold at regular bookstores. It's not that kind of you know what I mean? But. It's, this stuff is actually out there, so, and and but it, again, it does sound so crazy, right? But then again, you know, if you look at um, what we would consider mythology and uh, fables and fairy tales and stuff, this stuff goes back to antiquity in our in our legends and lore. I mean, like, well, can, and those people propagated those stories many times, 
and encoded their knowledge in those stories, mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel, Robin Hood, even. Right. What about um and, and even even in art? What about the statue of the the thing eating the babies? What, who's that? Uh, that's Kronos. Kronos, yeah. Saturn. Saturn. Eat, yeah, there you go. Saturn eating babies. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, these are these are things that you know these. Uh, our buddy there, uh, Assmaster sixty nine. <laughs> I love I love that handle. He's never going to change it. It's great. Um, there's a channel that did that that uh, cannibalism through the ages or whatever uh, the human breeding program and how it could possibly be the, the humans the human experiment was uh, a, a cannibalistic one. You know they were actually ha- making babies to eat them. Right, that Adamic mankind, though created by God, had kind of been co-opted for this. Yes, to become human sacrifices to Moloch or whoever. Right, and utilizing so much imagery and and evidence from these stories and art. Uh, one thing that he tackled was the uh, uh, the vision or the artistic depiction of cherubim or cherubim. Yeah. Uh, they're little, you know, little these, short, little tiny, fat, naked baby angels. I hate these things. I always have, <laughs> always, and not just because I want the world to be like more like Lord of the Rings, but no, Caribbean are actually horrifying. You don't pronounce it with the ch cherubim. Uh, I use interchangeably. I'm trying to do better about that, but it's it's actually Caribbean. I'm trying to be better about that, though. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know. It's I. I promise you, I'm not trying to be pretentious. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. whenever I read, I read sources talking about them. They always change out the ch for the k. I've um, never seen it with a k, but okay, that's fine. I guess yeah. it's an ancient text thing. Whatever. Anyways, anyways, yes. Um, but I I would agree, and you know, it's it's weird. It it brings to mind uh, something else that this Sid guy brought up. He says he was emphatic that he personally did not believe in the use of blood rituals or ritualistic or sexual abuse of children. He described sex magic rituals, which some Satanists indulge in as being ridiculous. He believed that those who included violence or sex in a Satanic ritual had an inferior understanding of Satanism. Right. That's what I'm saying. They were, they were like the lower debased version of the Satanists. They were like, you know, your seventh grade Satanists. They were still carving the slayer into each other's backs, you know, Right, which goes with the ritual sacrifice to the public that would be right. shown, right? They're, sure. I mean, they in in Carthage, they probably weren't sexually abusing 60,000 babies before they just slaughtered or, or burned them all. They probably just threw them straight in the fire. Um, not if they were eating them. Or, or eating them. Not if they're eating them. That's what I'm saying. Like that. Not was, a, oh no! Deal not with, a, not that's if the deal with the cherubim. Them, is the with, cherubs? They weren't really. They weren't angels. They were just depictions of the things that you ate. Yeah. yeah. The depictions of cherubim were not actually, you know. Yeah, that's really kind of gross. But I, I kind of see his point in that. Uh, if you like, well, we'll that's the um, Antiquotech Research Archive on Telegram. Yeah, it's all indexed there. He has quite a lot of content to go through. Yes, Great channel. but the cannibalism stuff there—it's um, pretty good. He he goes through, uh, the, you know, the like I said, the human experiment. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, this guy further, further kind of went on and said, uh, Satanism is like a maze in which there are many false paths, which lead only to a dead end. But there was that single true path, which would, uh, when taken, lead out of the maze of confusion. He's one of the elite few who knew that true path, which leads to the ultimate union with Satan. Hmm. I hate this. Oh, this is so horrible. And that's the thing, whether whether they're sexually abusing children or not before they sacrifice or eat them, it's all horrible. Yeah. It's all... And, it's all horrible. And it's important to remember, too, that when... I don't, I don't know why... I wonder why some of these guys, when they escape these, these cults, these high-level groups, they still use the term Illuminati because it seems to me Illuminati... And and this author is very clear. The Illuminati is not one, uh, not one unified group. Right. None of these are unified. They all have different methods. They all go through different parts of society, and they all want power for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you have Freemasons, Theosophists, the Rosicrucians, Illuminati, you know, so on and so on, and. You know, they may work together at certain points, but they ultimately have, and they have the same goal. Uh, it's to serve the dragon, but they ultimately have different, different methods and different paths and they don't like each other. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. So I'm just scrolling, th- I'm scrolling through the uh, thousand year old human breeding empire. Ah, It's a um, very compelling it's a very compelling argument, you know. Um, the whole like making bacon and long pig are weirdly attributed to humans for some reason. Especially weird when you consider that the mainstream has been saying human DNA is extremely close to pig DNA for quite some time. Considering this, wouldn't you infer that devotion to authority is bred into people as well? Hmm, interesting. But yeah, uh, this... There's that theory that that's why you're not supposed to eat pork. Is it because humans are actually some sort of pig hybrid and we're actually eating ourselves? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I I don't know. Dude, I mean, you know, hey, they sinned against everybody, right? So, yeah. Well, and I think uh one point from this series as well, uh celebrities, right? How often have you seen a celebrity and then seeing a portrait of somebody from 600 years ago, and it looks just like a celebrity, right? Yeah, the you Keanu Reeves, that, uh, the, the Keanu Reeves one, the Vladimir Putin, the uh, Jay Z, Eddie Murphy. Um, I've seen many of them. I've seen many females right. too that I can't think of. You see this often. You, how many times have we heard a a U.S. president say that they trace their lineage back to Vlad the Impaler? Right. Uh, King Charles now traces his lineage back to Vlad the Impaler, Vlad Dracul. Yes, all sorts of world leaders and royals and high-level people trace their lineage back to these, to these important folks throughout history. Well, they're not important. You know, it's just that's just some storybook stuff. That's not real, Reinhardt. That's not real. It's just you know, that's some bullshit storybook vampire stuff. But uh, no, they they do it for a reason. Because obviously, they feel that they are related. If they really are, they might be. But um, well, and and what I'm getting at here is how do we know that these people are not bred and and have not been bred through a very well controlled and well hidden breeding program yes breeding program or what if they are again like like keanu reeves is a 400 year old vampire 
these people are who these you know conspiratorial videos say they are like jay-z was around in 1840 to take that picture in the wild west you know that, that picture of that black guy on mm-hmm. the stagecoach that looks just like jay-z it probably is him you know well we always joke about the queen being old as dirt yeah i mean it's it's possible like you know um that's the theory with vampires is they live forever as long as they drink the blood, right? They live a lot longer or they they possibly live forever as long as they keep drinking blood. Like that's the vampire Lestat. Yeah, I think personally, I don't think they can live forever. I think they may be able to live for a couple of centuries, but I think eventually I, th- I think they get diminishing returns. And that's why maybe you see a lot of these celebrities that just look absolutely horrific. You know, it's like they hit a they hit a certain age, and it's like somebody turned the adrenochrome tap off. Well, here's the thing: is that uh, the celebrities that do that, and then the celebrities that don't, the ones that don't obviously are related to you know because the, 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 there's there's got to be some elite bloodlines people out there, you know, in the in the uh, in Hollywood that you know that's out there on the screen or whatever that we we're able to see. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, we we know from uh, Fritz Springmeier's bloodlines, 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati, that these families will have kids all the time and then place them with other families. We'll change our name, place them with other families and raise those families up. But that person is still a member of the Rothschild family or the Bundy family. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, so who's to say that these people aren't? But the ones that, yeah, the ones that aren't aging in Hollywood, the ones that aren't falling apart, the ones that aren't, like, you know, maybe the ones that are all falling apart are the ones that uh, their deals are coming to an end, maybe, you know? <laughs> their warranties maybe. are up. Their warranty is up. Maybe. I, you know, do you remember uh, Zach King? From a few years ago, mm. he was a former a former satanic high wizard. That's his self-described title: it was high wizard, not high priest. Yeah, I um, remember that. Name. I remember this guy vaguely. Yeah, he would he would go around and perform rituals for you know rock stars and royals. Right, right. Is Just what he claimed, like and, and he got into it through to give, him, to give him like like uh, help, you know, selling records or. Right. Yeah. Um, and you have to assume that as he's doing these rituals and, and making deals on behalf of these people that, yeah, those deals do have an expiration date. Sure. Some kind sure. of expiration date. I mean, look at Mickey Rourke's face. Oh, my God. That guy's way <laughs> past his expiration <laughs> well, date. Well, I mean, here's the thing. At least Bruce Jenner like, is like trans and like we know that it's trying to look like a woman. But like Mickey Rourke's just like. He's, he's like a uh, he's like a wax sculpture that's been sitting in the sun. It's disgusting. It's bad. It's bad. He's melting. But all right, so, um, man, back to the are we are we still blood drinking or are we in cannibalism still? What are we at, man? But then again, like we were talking about earlier, um, we we get you know we we get uh, cannibalism in media as. Uh, you know what was that movie alive or um ravenous right or as grognak brought up on nationalist inquirer uh was that tv show santa clarita diet um oh right yeah 
It was with Timothy Oliphant and what was her name? Um, shoot, you know what? You're about to hear some typing. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, but I mean, there's there's always been, you know, and Drew Barrymore. And Drew Barrymore. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, there's always been in in the media this, you know, the cannibalism is always attached to like, you know. Uh, people's last resort or whatever right or it's like you know uh the texas chainsaw guy heads in jars right or Dahmer, right right um but the reality is, is it probably likely goes on at a high level i mean this i've read several several different stories from different people talking about um, these clubs in manhattan and los angeles and paris and london moscow where they go and they pay a lot of money to eat people or they're invited to these parties. You know, they don't, they're invited to these parties where the host has paid a lot of money for the menu and the menu is people, you know, and it's right. not, and, and it's not the, uh, it's, it's not the spirit cooking pretend, you know, jello or uh, cake or whatever it is, you know, uh, that's meatloaf that's in the shape of a person. No, this is actual people. You know, sausages and steaks and roasts and stews and, you know. Well, and that's where I think the the push for normalization is, uh, like I said before on Nationalist Inquirer, the majority of human society is never going to come around. Right. Ever. Right. Like now, the Ouroboros type stuff, like we were talking about earlier. Like that. Yeah. The, the little they're, niche they're companies that. Horrified. Yeah. It's, it's always like, like, who the hell wants to eat Pauly Shore? You know? Like, Ugh. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like, you can, nah, get, oh, yeah. you can get celebrity meat. Who the what fuck cares? that example? I, I was joking. I don't know why I said Pauly Shore, but like, yeah, who? Who? Who would you like? Who? Like, Natalie Portman? You know what no. I mean? Like, like, uh, not with a 10-foot cannibal fork. Right. I, yeah, who? There's nobody in Hollywood. Not not now. Now that we know, not that we know that all, all the things are inverted unless they're trans, then they're obviously what they say they are. Now, what I think they are trying to do, though, is soften up some kind of portion to be so degenerate, to be so um, desensitized. Yes. That they will make the choice because ultimately, this stuff is a choice. Oh, and definitely. That's why, definitely. Yeah. And, and they're going to make it so that eventually you're going to have to choose to eat. You know, um, I remember hearing, what was it, in the Holodomor where they said, uh, Stalin said the other, or, or somebody came to Stalin and said, no, the people in Ukraine are starving. He said, well, when the, the mothers are eating their children, then you may say they are starving. But like, right. But like, you know, you eat the bugs first, though. And I think this guy. You know, I wrote this book. Seems to believe that you know people who blink dra- blink dra- drink blood can be saved. That they can come out of this. They could be saved. That they can renounce the evil and serve God. It's my firm belief that when you engage in these practices, whether it includes you know ritual pedophilia or cannibalism, yeah, I don't think there is no, any no, going back. No, at that point, at, at that point, you're no longer human. I don't think. I think you've, no. you've sacrificed part of your own being as a human being to do something like that. I don't, I don't think that that real humans can. Yeah, I think like I think you you are fully reprobate at that point, and mm-hmm. you have given yourself over to the darkness. Yep. And once you make that deal. You've sold your soul, and it's done. And I think that's what they're trying to do is get at least a portion to be so degenerate and desensitized 
and then get the entire world degenerated genetically through the nutrition, through their diets, which we know they're doing. Right. Um, oh, and they've been doing and that be, for they've been doing that for decades. Right. And Look at America. We, we're to, clinically obese in this country. Right. And then they'll be ready eventually to ascend through other means like transhumanism, achieve that satanic apotheosis. Which is, that's their ultimate goal. That's that ultimate goal, right? To become as a God. And the thing is, is, um, well, they, they say, this guy says that to call them atheistic Satanists is incorrect. They are non-theists. Oh, excuse me. I, I well, don't care. No. <laughs> well, that's the thing is they're like, they understand that they, they're, they're like, they don't get, the thing is, is, is that they're, if there's a God, if there's not a God, it doesn't matter to them. That's the thing. Yeah. They don't care. They don't yeah, care. They're apathetic. Right. It's more like it, they're a non-theist. They're like, whether or not there's a God matters not. What matters is that at the end of all of this, if there is a God, then my soul is completely destroyed and that's the end of everything. And that's the thing is that to achieve the apotheosis is to be completely destroyed. Right. Like completely, like your soul, everything destroyed. And so that's why they have to destroy everything earthly. That's why they have to they have to take, you know, everything beautiful and corrupt it and make everything everything that's supposed to be pretty has gotta be ugly now and you know inverse. Right. Well, and ultimately whether they are well, and on the other side you have the the more religious ones who truly do want to be right. They want to apothea or they want to ascend and become as God themselves. It's the same lie, you know, as the carib in, it was either Ezekiel or Isaiah. Um, you know, you've said in your heart, I will ascend above uh, my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the most high. That's what they're seeking mm -hmm. to have. And that's, that's what's pushed by the powers of darkness, by these dark spirits, by the dragon, whatever you want to call them. Um, but they know ultimately these people are not going to achieve anything that, that ascension I'm using air quotes mm -hmm. is really just damnation. It's like, you're not going to become a, a superhero through transhumanism. You're just going to become a, a freaking gimp. Yeah. That's all you're going to be. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and actually, it, that's how, that's how it is. You're not going to be, yeah, you're not, you're not going to be this, superhuman uh you know able to do all the things that the x-men do no it's not going to be cyberpunk 2077 it's going to be the matrix except your body is even more destroyed right well you know what's funny is people talk about you know oh in the future it's going to be dystopian and it's going to be bad it's going to be real dystopian when it gets to the future um i think it is the future if you go back to like the 1950s you looked at now you know what I mean, this is this is the dystopian future. This all, is it. Yeah, all the cameras and security and boarded up places and needles and shit in all these cities and like, yeah, this is the dystopia. Well, and and the dystopian vision of movies like Johnny Mnemonic or Cyberpunk or any of that, mm -hmm. I think those are all portrayed as they were completely intentionally. It was to to provide this way over the top idea so that uh, anything below that people would be willing to kind of accept mm -hmm. 
You know, they set the bar so high that they could go all the way up to the bar and just below it. And people would, would be, you know, like the frog in boiling water. It wouldn't matter. Right. No, no, absolutely. You're right. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, yeah, frog boiling in water. This water's boiling. <laughs> well, and I think to start to close things out, as we get closer and we start to see more of this kind of, this weird normalization of whether it's, you know, Ouroboros meat, yeah, eat or, the bugs. Or, 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 yeah, eat the bugs. Well, eat the bugs isn't really cannibalism, but the Ouroboros no, meat, no. that kind of stuff. The, uh, the Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox drinking each other's blood, uh, and that kind of stuff. I mean, remember a while back, it was um, Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie. They kept a vial of each other's blood around each other around their neck. Remember, right? It was that. I mean, there's always some sort of weird blood thing going on in Hollywood somewhere, you know. Well, and I think, I think what what that's coming to, and we see people being people's blood being destroyed and poisoned with the vaccine. Mm-hmm. They could be willing to take something else into their blood in order to make them better, quote, better. Right. But then, you know, um, now think about this. If you're a vampire and you're the vampire and the vampires run the world secretly, right? That's the blade theory, right? This vampires secretly run everything. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you infect your cattle with a toxic vaccine? Well, they know they're not going to get everybody. Right, because there there will be those few who resist, right, and few in the face of however million billion people we have in this realm. I don't yeah. believe it's eight billion. No, I don't either. I just think I just answered my own question in my head. I was like, I don't think they care about the people that are getting the vaccine and not getting the vaccine because the ones that they're eating are from the breeding program that they already have. Exactly, they already have their own infrastructure set yeah, up. Yeah, that's own- probably. I mean, there's probably underground cities with with uh, all these these breeding stumps of, you know, women popping out these these cherubim that they eat, you know. Who knows? Well, and they're not going to be they're not going to be using they use birthing pods, but they're not going to be making synthetic humans for their own consumption. No. This is all for us, right? Yeah, and that's the other thing is I don't ever think I don't think they're ever going to really normalize cannibalism amongst the masses. That's never going to normalization of cannibalism isn't happening. I 100% believe that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's all in service ultimately to transhumanism and yeah. in the ascension through as it's as I've always said it starts out in the medical field, right? You have these mm-hmm. this population who's sick and dying and degenerate from the moment that they're bur- they're born and it's going to be, well, don't you want your kid to be better? Don't you want them to live, you know, a hundred years instead of 20? Right. Um, and, and that's how they'll normalize this so stuff. We can, the cannibalism. Their DNA. we can modify their DNA. Well, we're already doing that with the MRNA. Right. Yeah. Now we can modify their DNA and delete these, uh, delete these random uh, risks they may have for this disease or this disease. Right. Right. Because how do you know that? Well, because the, uh, you spit in a cup. Or because we took your blood. Right, right. Or, yeah, whether, you know, with or without your permission. Right. And I firmly believe they will be lying 99% of the time when they say any of that. They're not going to be deleting disease possibilities for the majority of the population. Right. You know, whatever they add in there is going to be in service to uh, 
you know, transhumanism and then mm-hmm. into the post-human world. Right. Everything is, I mean, everything's headed towards transhumanism now. And like you said, it, which is, you know, from there, the slippery slope is at a 90 degree angle to post-humanism. Right. Apotheosis. Right. Again, there's that uh, word, apotheosis. This is, oh man. Mm-hmm. I'm physically tired after this, especially the second hour. Yeah. I mean, and we didn't even get too in depth into it because there's a lot more to this and I don't really want to make it a series, but. Yeah, I'd really rather not have a satanic ritual abuse series. No, but I mean, maybe that might have to be like an October thing that we do like once a year. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about. Yeah, it. yeah. But we can we can do it from a a more positive perspective of some of the work of uh, the late Russ Dizdar. Sure. Yeah. Pe- getting people out of it, and that's the other thing is like I don't necessarily know the people that come out of this. You know, like like this guy that wrote this book. I mean, he well he was he never participated in when he was old enough to know what was going on. That's the thing. The people that come out of it as children or young adults, you know, before they realize what's going on, I think, do you think they're salvageable or do you I think, think so? Or do you think these children have had their soul taken from them? I, so uh, I mean, if you're a, a child age, prostitute they- where you're by the time you're 16, you've had sex over a thousand times. Because you know, think, because of ritual sexual abuse, and you've been, you know what I mean, and it's like, and you've you've committed, you've committed acts of pedophilia yourself as a fifteen year old or whatever, and you've drank blood and you've eaten, you know, human flesh, but like you were a kid, like is are they salvageable? So, okay, I had an answer, and hang so, on, um, so, sorry, Ron, I mean to. So with some of these groups, with a lot of them, there is an initiation age. There is a point where you have to make the choice. It's it's like being baptized as a Christian, right? You you can't be baptized as a baby into a church and then you're saved and you're good. Right. Uh, you have to make the choice. Sure. And it's the same thing here, especially with those who truly believe who are the, the theistic Satanists. Uh, there is a choice that every child has to make at a certain point uh, to delve into this, to give their life over to this. And a lot of those kids, uh, like Jesse Sabota, she she did not do any of that. Right, and, but you've seen the videos. I, I forgot what, what country they're from, if it's like from South Africa or from some other uh, strange accent, English-speaking country. The little white kids that were talking to the – they got rescued from this place, and they are talking about having to eat the babies and – you know what I'm yeah, talking about? I'm I'm not sure. Because okay. yeah, having like a ten year old kid take part in, in some of this stuff, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I it's really like, don't. At what point, you know what I mean, these kids have been doing this their whole lives. They they're molested as children, they're molested as infants, you know? Right. Well I so, think I think being being molested or being a victim isn't what gets you it's making the choice to take part in consuming these things right and, but once you're that's, but that's the thing is like once you're abused from birth it is it is it is a learned behavior from birth that like this is normal this is natural this is you know what i mean um you know what i mean so by the time yeah, you get I, to eight, I, nine, I know what you years mean, old but- you're like this is just the way it is. And it's like, you know, that's just like, you don't know any better. And it's like, you, you know what I mean? So 
this gets into the territory of okay, so like let's say for example, uh, the Sentinel Sentinelese Islanders that have never heard anything about anything other than their language, whatever that is, right? Uh, do they get to go to heaven, right? I'll give you the same answer, dude. I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Like, like, I get it. We're, we're spending all this time speculating on. No, I know. Ultimately, it's, it's I don't. Fucking show, dude. I know. I don't. I like, don't. I'm not know. asking. I'm not asking. I'm saying like it's a, it's a question. Like, it is. Well, I, and that is one that I I legitimately give up to God. Yeah. I. Well, I mean, we could. If if I were to ever come in contact with a kid that came out of that situation and had mm. done things because of how they were programmed and raised, I would do everything I could to work with them yeah. through prayer well, and to, to try and turn that around. How about this? Like, probably most of them don't come out of it. Most of them don't. Right. And the ones that do, I bet you, you'd never know it. The way that they're programmed, like again, like the the one guy was talking about how when he was with his Christian family, they had absolutely no idea about the satanic stuff he was involved with, but the satanic people who he was involved with knew all about the Christian family he was with. Right, so he could never go back to that family. Right. So yeah, and there there are others. Uh, there was a doctor that I met through a group. Uh, I think it was, I think it might have been through Neon's group years ago. And she worked, she was a psychologist and worked with people who had been victims of ritual abuse and trauma abuse um, and had a few MK Ultra victims. And she met her husband, not as a patient, but she met her husband and turns out that her husband was a victim hmm. and she knew exactly where he had been held underground and she didn't even know it's where he came from. Oh, he was wow. being held underground with other kids. He's like, I want to take you to this place. I want to show you where I came from. And she's like, I know this place. I've helped kids from here. Right. Was it Pelzer, South Carolina? Apparently, we missed uh, the Pelzer stuff when we did South Carolina. Pelzer. Pelzer. Okay. No, it was not. It was somewhere out west. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm joking. But like, yeah, we need to. If we ever go back to South Carolina, we need to talk about Pelzer. Yeah, we could do an episode on that. Sure, why not? Um, we got a lot of episodes about a lot of stuff coming up. I know, but to to finish off and answer, and add on to to what you were saying, yeah, most of them don't come out of it, and mm -hmm. most of them that do, well, I wouldn't say most of them will never know because a lot of them do seek help. They know something has happened to them. They know that they are wrong in the head somehow, even if they left as a kid and they don't have like full memory. Right. If if, if they have like some sort of alter or split. Right. Like they may they, think they, that they're yeah. just schizophrenic or right, have, right. you know, dissociative identity disorder or something. So they go and they seek help. And many times it does come out. And, you know, this author seems to be kind of wishy-washy on whether he thinks demonic possession is is true in this stuff. Like a demonic entity comes in and that's your altar. Right. That's what or, I believe happens a lot of the time. You think that's a lot of it? Okay. What about like I, the stuff with like people like Anna Nicole Smith where they clearly change personalities like mid sentence type stuff and that like the or like mid conversation can summon other personalities and that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, I I think that's demonic possession. Yeah. You think, you think so? I think so. Okay. I think so, especially if they're victims of high level abuse. I think it might be more uh, I think it might be more opp oppression. That well, it's making oppression, them, yeah, yeah, it's making like making them do do the thing, like like regress back to being a child. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it gets tricky because there's, yeah, oppression, the thing could be around them. Right. And influencing them, whispering in their ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, or it can use a trigger word, which changes back to a certain personality. Right. Somehow um, gaslights them into being a child again. Yeah. Gaslit by a demon. Oh, right. God. Right. Um, but I think possession, where the entity stays dormant for a long period of time. Sometimes, you know, if if they're possessed as a child, if they're brought in Mm. uh, 10, 12 years old and they end up not seeking help and not understanding what has happened to them until they're in their thirties. Yeah. I've I've heard cases of that, of of those things turning into an exorcism. Yeah. And, and they just think they have some sort of personality disorder or they're just off. They just, they don't know what's wrong with themselves. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're shrieking, glasses breaking, and they're screaming in you know ancient Sumerian or something. <laughs> right? It's like, wait, what? They're asking if you're okay, the, not glass breaking, asking but if you're the gatekeeper. I am Zool. <laughs> but yeah, that that intelligent entity resurfaces. Right. Um. So I, a lot of them do seek help and end up uncovering those memories. Yeah, and you don't uh, talk, you don't hear about a lot of this stuff, you know. It's not publicized. They don't want the people to know about this. No, and that's that's part of the work of Russ Dizdar. Um, and before he died, was he was working with police, with uh, agencies, with psychiatrists, psychologists all the time uh, to help these people. And and when these situations arose, and he was able to help and do something, he was training people to. Uh, how to respond in these situations, whether it was demonic oppression, possession, or you know, severe DID or something else. Right. Right. Well, so this is a. I mean, it could be an in-depth topic, but I don't know. That I don't really want to go too far into the that. Uh, we didn't get too much into the blood drinking, but just know that it happens, and it's not just Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got into it sufficiently. Yeah. Yeah these two hours i i don't want to spend much more than two hours straight talking about this stuff with no no real break (laughs) yeah we're gonna we're gonna actually wrap this up and get out of here um we will see you live tuesday night on pilled d live and odyssey for the nationalist inquirer uh we've got a couple more october spooptober episodes for you coming up um i promise you the next one will be more fun than this this one was less fun um, still kind of fits with October. It does. Next one will be more fun, and uh, I won't be on for that one, actually. No, you, you got the weekend off. I kind of miss it. That's okay. It happens. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then we have the live stream. That's the Halloween live stream. That'll be fun. We'll probably do, I don't know, we'll probably go three hours. I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll do a little bit of call-in. Maybe we'll do a little bit of, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a weekend because you know yeah. Halloween's on a boring night. This right, this it's on a Monday. So, yeah, again, yeah, thanks, so it'll be a Julian. weekend. Come join us. Yeah, thanks, Julian, in your calendar. Yeah, thanks, Janice. Janice, Janice. I think we did this bit once already. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> oh. god! All right, we're gonna get out of here. There will be a creepy pasta at the end of this, and uh, we'll see y'all later. Time travel makes you gay.
As the sun crawled across the sky, darkness completely took us. It came fast, too fast. Attempting to regain my own tracks was a futile endeavor, and now I find myself blazing a new path in the thick of the forest. Ominous shadows begin to cast about me as I find myself in a total disregard for anything but my life. I had left Kobe behind. I left him there in the clutches of the creature. Surely it had already taken him. I broke free from my frozen stance, seeing his head drenched in blood, contained in the maw of the frightening thing. It came at us with total disregard, like a starving animal. The first thing we saw was their eyes piercing the darkness, that's all. Glowing, burning, bright orbs that told us we were nothing short of prey. I knew we were asking for trouble coming this far north, this close to the coast and away from the burning fires of men. The wild is cold as such for reasons like this. Civilization ends where the wild begins, where such beasts as the Wendigo roam. None know for certain for whom the creature comes or when, but it's always hungry. A never-ending kind of hungry, single-minded like. The Wendigo burst into the camp without stalking us proper as far as I can gather. That's the worst of it. No way to warn, no good tell, just those eyes piercing through the dark. Some see him, some don't. I saw him. Kobe fell to the ground screaming, all the weight of the thing pressing down on him. Huge, like something that just shouldn't be. I thought I was dead, just standing there watching it eat. Long appendages, skin tight to the bone, almost so thin you could see its veins pulse. A sickly pale gaunt like a starving animal, feral like one. It had a total disregard for me standing there watching it feast. It was just something that shouldn't be, like a man but not. I only came to when the scream stopped. When he laid there looking at me, eyes rolled back in his head, mouth agape in a panic cry. This thing ate him alive, laying there under its weight. Nothing I could do. Then those eyes. It looked up. Mouth full of my friend. The thing saw me like it saw him. Just an uncooked meal needing its sharp, jagged teeth sunk into. And now I run and run. But there's no escape in it. I went all day in the wild looking to fill my own belly. Only fear keeps me fleet of foot. The Wendigo, he eats. He fills his belly. Now he wants seconds. Seconds.